Get an all-access experience with player interviews, exclusive practice information, and post-game analysts with the source you can't find anywhere else. This is South Philly Sauce. Hosted by Flyers game day host Ashlyn Sullivan and Philly sports radio legend Al Morganti. Welcome into a new South Philly Sauce, an Odyssey original brought to you by 94 WIP and Jack Daniels. Ashlyn Al here with you at the end of the week and everything that we were scared might happen, happened since we talked about. In our last podcast episode, the Flyers lose to the San Jose Sharks and truthfully a couple of days removed, I'm still in disbelief. And I shouldn't be in disbelief because it seems like the Flyers are always on the wrong side of history when these things happen. But I was talking to a coworker the other day and we were on set for that game. I was telling my coworker that that post game show was one of the hardest shows you and I have ever done because it was one of the few times where I truly was just in disbelief that this happened. Well, you just missed Scott Hartnell. He wasn't there. (laughs) I'm blaming the loss on him going out to do color on that game, but he knew going out. I mean, I, I knew I was kind of joking with him before he went. I said, oh, you're going to get that San Jose game. This can be their first win. It's like you could see it coming. It was yeah. like, oh, boy, this is a this is a bad spot. And when when their general manager, Greer, had gone into their locker room just before the, the day before in the San Jose locker room, kind of give my heads up, you know, you better get your act together after getting 20 goals scored on two games. Mm-hmm. You knew there had to be some sort of a response. And and then they went and beat Edmonton uh, the next game. So, I mean, it's the Flyers ran into a team that was uh, – that's as good as they can play. The Flyers couldn't finish, but it was it, – it, it, unfortunately, it was that situation where it, fans will look at it and go, well, same old. You know, I thought I was having hope here. They were getting better. They were getting better. And look at this. Uh, they go out and they lay an egg like this in San Jose. It's only one loss, but it really it, – it also – it's a bad start to a West Coast trip. And, you know, the uh, post game, I didn't think that uh, Tortorella handled some things very well yeah. in the post game. Um, so, I mean, just I know the frustrations there right after a game. That's why they hate to do interviews. right? But when you're going to do them, that's when you it's when we need the interviews. Mm-hmm. So I, I think you could see some of the frustrations there. But um, it was a, it was a very difficult game to watch. It was a very difficult game to kind of connect the dots on what was going to happen because you could see you could see what's going to happen so uh you know but now it's a case of rebounding over it but it was uh it was it was just a a disaster waiting to happen you could you could see the iceberg from the east coast Mm -hmm. when they were heading out and they and they ran into it yeah it was like just this gloom and doom feeling and it was really hard to describe but we were all in that building and almost no one wanted to talk about it because you'd almost feel it coming. It was like, I, I just know this is going to happen. I don't want it to happen. It shouldn't happen. But yeah, it's going to happen. And the biggest issue I had with the game as a whole is when I went back and watched some highlights, it's just so frustrating that it felt like the Flyers for the first 40 minutes were just like, oh, whatever, San Jose Sharks. And when the third period started, you saw like, oh, crap, we might lose this game. Like, where was that the first two periods? And the Flyers are not good enough to not start fast. We've seen them be successful when they have that same push from the start of the game. And it just, it wasn't there. And I get it. You flew to California. Like, I get it. But you can't play like that against a Sharks team that just beat you flat out in the first two periods. You can't play like that, Ashton, if you don't have game breakers that yeah. that allow you to get through that. And your shot total might pile up a bit, but you don't have the uh, the quality chance or don't have a finisher 
And that's the difference. When you don't have that, it's it's like the Flyers will be very good teams by outworking them from the start. And they had some pretty good, I mean, a lot of first very goals uh-huh. yeah. um, to go to go along with it. But they didn't just they didn't finish in opportunities. And what it really boils down to, I don't know what they're going to do about this, but that power play has to get better. It just has to. You can't you can't chug along as a worst one of the worst in the league year after year with the pieces that you have that you should be able to get something out of, that you should be at least a, a, a adequate number of power play goals because it changed the whole game. Yeah. Uh, you, you can't score on it. And they, you know, the other, other side pumps one in. It's like, well, okay, basically game, game over. It, 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 it energizes the opposition. It deflates your team. And it even makes a case of when you do get that power play, it's, it's like you're watching it and you're going, oh, no, this is going to be awful. It's like you, you feel worse afterwards. So, I mean, what I mean, I know they've got some they've moved some parts around, but there has to be some better dynamic on this thing to get it going, because it's it's kind of preposterous yeah. that, they've, that they've gone this far without finding a solution. And I would love to tell Flyers fans that, oh, it's just not this combination. It's going to be fixed. Frankly, I don't see how you fix it with what you have right now, because we've seen in practice every single week we go to practice, we see them trying to change the combination. We see them trying to make it work. It just seems like they don't have the pieces to make it work. And I don't think Al next week it's, Oh, well we practice it harder and all of a sudden it's going to work. Like to me, it just, it's been a problem for so long. I fear it's going to continue to be a problem all season. Yeah. I don't even know how much it would be Ashlyn. Like what, what practice you're going to go in or, you know, what style you're going to play to me. It's, Somebody gets hot on it. Uh, you, you mean, we, we talked about Forster time and again, we, you know, net front presence, the two guys in front, just something to, to get it going. Like it's, it, to me now, it's like, okay, which, which one of you guys is going to be the guy with the key to this? Yeah. Uh, who, who's going to get this? Who's going to get this going? Who's the, what, in the first place, let's start with our face-offs, which got it. it they haven't oh. been, they were bad again. Uh, to come into control play, uh, zone entries. You can practice that getting in. But then once you're in that zone, because face-offs, I mean, uh, power plays basically for the last eight, ten years have basically all been a variation of Adam Oates made a 1-3-1, one, th- one, one, and they all kind of run that way with a bumper and then you, um, a man on the boards that sets it up. But, I mean, the Flyers just haven't finished any of that, even when they get a chance to come in and, um, you know, Frost was being used when, when he played. I, I got to think now it's a case of, all right, which one of you guys is going, is going to be the one? Uh, which one are you going to, is going to be in front of the net and just tip something down? And that's going to be the answer. Uh, to me, that's that's it. But, I mean, if you're a coaching staff now, it's like I, I would hate – I mean, much as players don't like to watch video, if I'm a coaching staff watching, go, well, why can't you just – why can't you just coach something that gets it at least – at least to a moderate level of success, at least to a point where even if we don't score, there was all sorts of pressure on this. And that's, you're not even seeing that right now. No, it's got to be there in the film room. Just like, does anyone have an answer? No. You look at it now, even Washington, which had a killer power play with Ovechkin. Well, now with people out of their lineup to set it up, that's kind of dried up. Pittsburgh's can go through phases like that. But you don't go through year-to-year phases with it. And, that, and that's kind of what, what we're seeing here. And I think that it also it, it negates some of your speed because 
your speed, your speedy guys or your offensive guys, your Atkinsons, whomever, um, the, the York even, they draw penalties. And when you draw a penalty and then you get no cash out for it, it just gets frustrating beyond belief. And it, it even, like if you're in the building at home here in, in Philly and the Flyers get, you know, Lou Nolan goes on the power play and the crowd is supposed to get all excited <laughs> that you're on the Pico power play. And it's like, well, the Pico power play is like lights out. Yeah. <laughs> really? It's a, it's a, it's a, so you're not even, you're not even all jacked up at that point. Usually if, if you take, if you get a power play in the third period, it's like, oh, here we go. We're all set. Yeah. In, instead you're, you're sitting there in the, in the stands or at home going, oh no, this, yeah. this is, this is, this is, this is going to be deflating. Yeah, and you can't blame fans for feeling that way because they haven't produced. And I guess the only encouraging thing, and I don't even know how encouraging it is because the last two games they have greatly outshot their opponents, but we see the shots. They're not great chances, but you at least like, and this goes to show how negative last season was, that you're at least getting shots on goal and you're trying to create some offensive movement, but they're not finishing. So that's going to get old to say that as well. Yeah, and and the problem with that is, this was supposed to be the year. This was like phase two. Like right. you put in the foundation of the house last year, your defensive responsibilities. <clears throat> phase two was like, all right, longer leash for some guys to go in and let's take some chances here. Let's uh let's 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 you know, we can pinch on the blue line, we can we can take some offensive chances because we got some pretty good we have some pretty good uh, idea what we're doing defensively. So we can take that and that should give us a little bit of margin, especially if the power play is not working. But even that, that's not worked. You haven't you haven't had the guy that scores the, you know, knock the water bottle off. I mean, the one goal, it took like nine replays to, to, to even see the goal, see the puck get through the goaltender. And that was that. Uh, so, I mean, that's where that's where it's like we thought this would be the year. I'm not saying they're going to – I mean, their winning percentage might not tremendously jump, but their offensive play should be more exciting to watch. And it hasn't hasn't developed thus far. No, and it was there, which is the most frustrating part. I mean, we had a span where we felt like it was phase two yeah. and it was pushing forward. And not to say it, it can come back. You know, I, I could so see. And let's do loss in the sauce now because this, I think, leads great to this. Is I was going to have loss in the sauce be Travis Konechny, but I'm going to stick with him now because it fits with the theme. Travis Konechny hasn't scored a goal in two games, which I know is a lot to put on him. But we see when TK does not score, this is what happens. He is the guy that starts everything. And when he clicks, the team clicks. He hasn't clicked the past two games, and we see what happens. He he has to start for this team. And when he doesn't, it feels like no one else can take the leap to get going. No, and you can see the frustration with him in the last game. You know, he always, he's usually yapping on the bench. But even on the ice, he was risky on maybe taking some penalties that mm-hmm. kind of uh, shouldn't be taken because he was – you could see the frustration of it because he feels just like you. If I'm not doing it, nobody on the team nobody on the team can do it so i mean yeah he's been he, he it just shows you how important he is to this team when you don't have that second it hasn't developed what we expected in the secondary scoring so when he's not going and you can't have a team that's all on one guy but boy he he has been the guy and he's the reason why you within a goal in the third period say okay we got a shot we've got tk there but if all of a sudden he's gone through these spells before um, he gets uh, what you don't want to happen is he does takes the bad penalties when he gets so frustrated with it. Yeah. But there's no lack of effort. There's no any. He's getting some shots, but no, when he's not finishing, he's about he's he, he's your 
he's your guy that gets you out of the mess when you're not playing so well. And, and you can't, and you can't though, actually, you can't depend on one guy to be the only guy every night. He's, he, he's got to get some support elsewhere, which makes his job a little bit easier. When you become the guy, you know, obviously you're, you're going to get focused on all the time by the opposition. They're going to game plan for you. And I think he's run into a little bit of that too. Yeah, and the help was supposed to be Sean Couturier and Cam Atkinson. That was supposed to be the pressure off of his back, the offensive help, something else to depend on. Haven't seen that. Sean Couturier in faceoffs. I know he's still rehabbing, coming back from that injury. He looked slow the last game, and Cam Atkinson hasn't been clicking for him. So when you combine all three of those, yeah, the isn't producing. And the Couturier thing, I mean – He's, it's weird in the face-offs. Yeah. You know, he's been so good at it, but you wonder with back. I mean, you got to get so low, you got to dive into the dive into it. You know, he'll never make an excuse. But that type of injury is going to be up and down coming mm-hmm. back, which I suspect is why. You know, really, I was really curious why it was only Lawton wearing the letter, and I'm wondering if they didn't think that Couturier's season was going to be uneven, mm-hmm. uh, trying to come back from having missed so much hockey. And I think you're seeing that now. You put him in, but it is, you know, he's there for certain tight situations. And if he doesn't produce in those, everything sort of goes haywire. Right. Uh, so if you lose possession of a puck, uh, you, you give them zone time. So it just shows you how how important he is. But the, you want to think by the midpoint of the season, which isn't that far away, it's kind of leveled out with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're, you're right. That, that really, it really particularly hurt in that last game against San Jose. Big time. Who's your loss in the sauce, Al? My loss in the sauce is Cam York. And going home to Anaheim, we grew up, you know, play a game there. Uh, you know, that one, he, you know, he's got so much offensive skill, though. We haven't seen, haven't seen it this year that much, but you can see it's there. He's a confident player, but there's pressure situations. He flipped the puck out of the zone two games ago, cost him a game base or a chance to win a game late in the game against Los Angeles. And he got benched. Um, and, you know, he was sent down last year. It's a very difficult position, but he still hasn't – he hasn't learned to deal with the pressure coming at him at certain key points in a game. Um, I, I guess it's more angles on, okay, somebody's coming from one – it's almost a video game. Somebody's coming from one direction. The puck's got to go this way off a board or this way. It's all, it, A defenseman in those spots becomes – a quarterback whose first option is taken away. And when the first option is taken away, you can't just throw the ball into double coverage. <laughs> and basically what happens when he's, when there's, when he's the hard four check against them or, whatever, or, or a late game situation, he doesn't see that second option might be, you know, behind the net might be D to D it's okay. I've got to go higher off the glass or something. And and, and you have to learn he's, he's quick enough that he's got more time than he thinks. Uh, because he's that good. And I think sometimes it's like, okay, that's it. Boom. And doesn't make that read on the pressure coming in um, all the time. And especially, and that's the, that's why that position is so difficult in the NHL. And you see a guy like that. And if you get targeted like that, other team will send two in and that's a very good team LA <laughs> that that's, what's going to happen. So he needs to just, he, he, what's lost for him is just being more calm with it and less, I don't even, it's not reactionary. Yeah, it's not total panic, but it's first read panic. Yeah, no, and you see it on ice. It's just like an immediate reaction, and normally it's the wrong reaction. It's the making the big mistake in like the most crucial time. Yeah, and a guy like that, sometimes a, a player like that becomes um, partner dependent. 
Yeah. Uh, so that there's that or or even a defenseman or a forward back at a certain spot that can bail him out. You know, he's not. I'll give him this. He doesn't. He doesn't throw hand grenades in terms of throwing it to another player who's just going to get buried. So he's he's got that going for him right now. But he has to. There have to be some options that he takes a, aside from just flip it out of the zone. Right. And that's it's also something we haven't talked about really at all. And no one's talked about is he has to play so much. And there is a lot of pressure on them because right now for the Flyers, Mark Stahl is out. He's supposed to be out four to six weeks. This is his third week out. So maybe we get an update on that. Rasmus Ristolainen and lost the sauce. He's lost the sauce this whole year. We have no idea what's going on when he's coming back and when. I mean, that's a guy that was taking so much ice time and playing so many minutes that now Cam York is having to play. Yeah, and the Ristolainen thing, that's that is really troubling, yeah. especially in, in, the, in the NHL where nobody tells you anything about injuries. But when you're when it's quiet like that early in the year, it's like, oh, it's just a couple of days, a couple of days turns into a couple of weeks, a couple of weeks turns into a month. It's like it's not very long before it turns into a half a season to a season yeah. um, and with no information. No information at all is bad information. Yeah. And that that's what you worry about when, you know, there's no there are no leaks there to say what's happened. Um, you know, there is no there's no contact. Uh, I don't see them there. Uh, so it's like it's very, very. To me, it's really, really worrisome uh, that 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 he's not going to be part of this for a long time. Who knows? Maybe he jumps in the lineup and we you just can't tell. Yeah. But, you know, just history tells us and just knowledge of how this league works and this team works, that it's not good news. So, yeah, you're going to get get some out of your defense. You knew Stahl coming in was only going to play a certain amount of games, veteran leadership. They they wanted that. But I, I, I don't even I, I look at the young guys as, OK, this is your opportunity and Tortorella did say that they were going to have some rough nights with a young defense, which is why I think, although he benched, you know, bench York for the third pair, but not the next game, I think there's a lot more latitude with defense than, than a four would make in a mistake over and over again. Um, yeah. <laughs> it might be just because we really need you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we'll go with that. Or, or it's like, okay, you know what, you're, you know, you're not, you're not going to do that again. That's yeah. obvious. Uh, that was, you know, you don't want to see that again. Yeah. So I mean, I, I think that's why. But yeah, the, the loss of a couple of veterans that was that was supposed to stabilize, and that sort of stabilizing pin has been has been pulled out. Yeah, and now we look towards the rest of this West Coast swing. And the whole hope was that you started it hot against the Sharks and you had some momentum and you got back on the right foot. And now you are absolutely backs against the wall playing from behind against two really good teams. Tonight you have the Anaheim Ducks and then tomorrow back to back you have the Los Angeles Kings. I don't even know if this is good news. Both of those teams coming off a loss, both to the Pittsburgh Penguins who swept their West Coast trip. But we just saw both of these teams, Flyers lost to them. Both again, your only silver lining is that Carter Hart is back in net tonight. Great news. My producer, Joe, our Joe, is calling us about the show tonight. Not now, Joe. Hey, Joe. We're busy. <laughs> you want my on you want my on ice live? You want on my on ice live. Yeah. I'm taking connecting, tell him. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Carter Hart's back in net. Uh, and that that's your silver lining because we always say they have a chance when he's in net. Great news. We found out from morning skate yesterday from reporters there that it seemed like it was a lower back injury and he was having trouble moving after that. Uh, so that was concerning, but he's back and he's back quicker than any of us expected. Yeah, that'll be, I mean, he's better than a lot of the league thinks. I mean, I mean if it was a, 
Olympic year. He might be Canada's goalie. That's how good I think he's he's been playing. Um, but the worst part of this is you mentioned it earlier. The Penguins didn't do him any favors um, because you might have a couple of teams that yeah kind of take a little bit for granted with the Flyers coming in, but you can't now. Um, so that that's where I think they they're going to get hurt a little bit. I, I you'll get full effort, and the Ducks are. You know, the Ducks are one of those teams that just, who expected this? And their kids have got all sorts of confidence going now. They you know, should. You've got a, yeah, you've got an Anaheim team where Zegras, who's supposed to be one of their big stars, is not is quiet. And they're still winning. Uh, they've got other guys that have come in and played really well, um, you know, as, as a young player coming in. So they're, um, they're one of the be- biggest surprises in the league that mm-hmm. they've developed this quickly with all sorts of confidence. And, that, you know, that building – they're going to be energized. I mean, they, they've done a good job in Southern California. Fan base is being built up, obviously, L.A. for a long time. But now now Anaheim, you know, with the success that they've had. So I, I think this will be a really rough game to go into. But the Flyers, I mean, they, you know, they can come in. They can kind of nail it down defensively a little bit. And then just, just there has to be a point where, where they get hands here, <laughs> where you come in and, you know, I guess Frost will be back in the lineup. Yep. For uh, it's one of the that whole side knows how long. <laughs> it's one of the strangest things I've seen. I, I don't, I don't know what to think here, except I mean, he's he played okay, and we you know we've seen him in games and point out the things that he does well. I think the frustration is that it's not at this point of his career. It's it's still what's it going to be like tonight? Which which version are we going to get? Mm-hmm. And they don't want to live with the the version that gives the puck up at inopportune times, uh, doesn't get the puck into the zone uh, enough when he's coming in, just pulls up or whatever. So although a highlight film, you can you can point out time and again things that he does very well. But if you're a coaching staff in a game, you say, oh, God, that, look at that. That's going to kill us right there, that that move right there. More plus, I, in my opinion, more pluses than minuses. But you got to wonder now if, if it's like they haven't already decided he's not a long-term piece and, uh, you know, with uh, Washington all of a sudden needing, you know, players, they've lost guys to long-term injury, you know, with uh, teams now thinking they have a shot at making the playoffs than previously may, might not have thought. I mean, I, this is going to be something to really watch through the air. I, I will say he doesn't seem to gripe much no. about it, um, but I got to think it hurts. I mean, it's oh yeah, for, for, a play, for a player of that, like he's not a star player in the league. I mean, but the attention that he gets is remarkable to me. And I think it's because of Tortorella, because a lot of people, rightly, wrongly, just think he doesn't handle some players well. And they look at this like a case A. Like, but I don't think Tortorella necessarily could have done this without at least some sort of blessing, because I, I think he's hurt any trade value that Frost might have had uh, by, you know, by, by not playing him, pointing out all the negatives. We saw that with Hayes last year. Yep. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of confused on which way you're going with this guy. And I can imagine he's confused, which is why I, I think Tortorella, I think Tort sort of walked back his, um, his response. It's what I was talking about earlier in the game in San Jose, where he said, did it hurt to bench him? And he quickly said, no, I think he was, I think he was just upset at the game going yeah. on, but it was, uh, that was, that was harsh. Yeah, <laughs> and, it was. And he, and he sort of and he sort of walked it back. I think he realized that was a little harsh. I think he was just reacting to the moment to the to the loss rather than what went on because he yeah. just 
when you talk about a play, it's very difficult after a game to talk about an individual player that isn't in the game. It's uh, it's like well, you know, I'll t- not- yeah, yeah, but, yeah, but you got, but I mean, he, I think he realizes he just there was a the one word terse response was was not good. Yeah, and he did walk it back. And credit to him that you know, I'm sure he said he made a mistake. And yesterday, reporters he was talking about, and to me, it almost doesn't seem like it's about Morgan Frost playing poorly. It's more so other guys just playing better and being more trustworthy. Torts mentioned he didn't want to split up Nick Delorier and Garden Hathaway. And that could be a spot for Frost, but he doesn't want to split that up. So I don't even think it's such a negative against Frost. It just, it sadly just seems like his spot has been taken. There isn't a spot for him. Well, Ashley, if you're losing your spot to one of those guys and your Frost age with his upside, it's not good. And, yeah. and that's, that's the issue that I had early in the year. I love that PhD line. I like the energy it brings. But if your whole goal this year is to develop players, yeah, you know, but on the other, you're torn here because we've seen so many games where that line provides the energy. Right. But it's not supposed to be that way. No, it's, going, it's, it's the opposite of what they're saying. But in Tort's case, he does say yes, develop players, but I also have a job to do to win games. And exactly. That's, that's, that's the balance he's trying to get here. Yeah. Uh, but and and you know this will mean breaking up that fourth line for one player or another. Yeah. To break it up, and I can see that it's a good philosophical argument on the one side. Like, why do you why do you have you're not a Stanley Cup team where you're going to depend on that fourth line for energy throughout. On the other hand, what they're trying to do is they're absolutely trying to defend against letting an attitude go in this organization that it's okay that losing is okay. It it's funny. It's okay to lose in the long run, as long as we develop, but it's not okay to be okay to lose. Yeah. <laughs> if that makes any sense. It does. And, and, and it's yeah. is that guy where you have to make that decision. I don't blame Torts for saying, no, I'm going to go the winning side because I get the whole psychological thing where you have to think of that the whole team, but you're not going to do that just for one player. And if they have already decided that Morgan Frost isn't part of their future, in my opinion, then it isn't worth it. And sorry if Frost is the punching bag here, but you can't risk developing him to make the whole team lose and break up a line. Yeah, and you can't. I mean, you got if you're going to trade him, you got to get him playing to get something for him. Yeah, and I don't. I don't know how much value there is right now there on what's gone on because of the way he's played. But the the one thing, if you're another team and you're looking, it's like he's a good player that just can't play for that coach. Yeah, that's the way that's you would look at it. Yeah, but if I'm looking at tape, I'm looking at good game, okay game. Not a good game. Good game. Not a good game. Okay game. Okay game. Not a good game. Good game. I need more good games. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're gonna pay for it. Yeah, and you, the the bad games are when you're risking the other team, and you just can't have that right now. So he's a uh, <laughs> he's a he's a, he's a he's somehow managed to become a very big name in the league <laughs> for, having, for having not very big impact on you. Yeah. And he, he made the comment that his mom was freaking out, text him all the time, like, what's going on? He probably can't even tell his mom anything because he probably doesn't know. He's like, I don't know, mom. I don't know what's happening. And the whole league looks at me because when, one thing you do have, when you do have John Tortorella as your coach, you get a lot of eyes on your team on how hand, players are being handled. So he's yeah. getting a uh, he's getting a, an education real quick. Oh, well, one thing we do know is this week <laughs> – weekend's going to be interesting um, one way or the other. I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, we've seen it before where we count them out and they go beat one of the best teams in the league and, and they're back just like that. You hope so, but these are, this is a really tough swing and they didn't well, start off on the right foot. Win or lose. 
we're going to be exhausted by the end of the week because these 1030 games are killing us. Oh my gosh. I know. I slept until 830, which like never happens. <laughs> well, well, at least these are weekends. So at least we'll, uh, you know, people will be able to watch them later and see what's going on. So yeah. at least it's a weekend games and we'll see what happens. I'm just, I'm, I'm curious to see now what, how they react after that San Jose, but they did, they did get the advantage of San Jose beating Edmonton. Yeah. So it's like, okay, well, maybe they're not they that bad. On the that. other hand, I fully expect by the time Monday comes, Edmonton's got rid of its coach. That's how bad it is there. So needless to say, it is a very exciting weekend in hockey. And one way or the other, we're going to talk about it on our next episode of South Philly Sauce, an Odyssey original brought to you by 94 WIP and Jack Daniels. We will see you next week. This is must-watch television this weekend for the Flyers.